This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. It's Tuesday, March 1st, 2022, and this is the New York City Beer Week Snapshot episode. We've got a, a, a full lineup of, of guests here. We're going to go through a few at a time because there are a lot of them and some have to go, but we're going to start with the director of the New York City Brewers Guild. And congratulations, you got us through COVID. <laughs> What's going on? Ann Riley. Hi, Jimmy. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Um, yeah, we are excited to have New York City Beer Week back in person events. Uh, last year, we had to do a lot of virtual events. And this year, um, everybody's back. And it's back to a full schedule. So we're excited to get um, beer flowing in New York City again. So how many events are you going to tonight? <laughs> there's no joke there's at least six on the schedule so uh hopefully i'll get to you know at least two of them wow well you've come a long way i mean you we met you were an enthusiast of craft beer you always posted on social media you got a job at one of the breweries and how long have you been the the director of the brewers guild uh so i've been in this role since uh september of 2019 great and what, what's your favorite event of the year Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, honestly, I'm biased. Uh, you know, our Blocktoberfest and our opening bash. And um, while they're similar, they're different. Blocktoberfest is held in the fall, and that's exclusively our member breweries. And then opening bash kicks off New York City Beer Week. It's the last week of February. It's typically the last Saturday of February. And that's where our um, New York City brewers invite guests to pour next to them at opening bash and also come to the city and participate in Beer Week events. That's great. And how did you think that opening bash went? Tell us more about it because you also picked a new venue too. Yeah. So um, we were for the first time in a uh, pre-war uh, warehouse at the Brooklyn Navy Yard. Um, the Agri-Fish building it was built um, before the 1930s or in the 1930s. It's a massive space, 60 foot ceilings, and the building itself is about a city block long. Um, so that was something that was important to us because when we started planning this in the fall, Obviously, we had no idea where indoor regulations would be. And, you know, all of us, all of our breweries for many, many months have been abiding by all of the key to NYC regulations and want to make sure that our events represent that as well. That's great. Well, there's a few other brewers here. Let, let, let's grab um, Pat and Kier from Alewife Brewing because um, they're actually driving in a car. How are you guys? Tell us about uh, what you've been doing for Beer Week, Open and Bash, and what you have planned for tonight with the OG craft beer folk? Well, we've done a couple of events so far. Starting on Thursday, I guess it starts earlier these days. We're currently driving on the BQE to Brooklyn from Queens, where the brewery is. And we're going to a restaurant called Benchmark at Park Slope, which is on 2nd Street, for an event called Flights and Bites, where Ryan Geronic, the executive chef, is doing... Uh, four little bites paired with four alewife beers so we're on our way to that one and then after that we're going to do a little like kind of uh pint gathering at a place called lizzie king's on fifth fifth avenue it's a good account for alewife and then uh we're we're going to uh the pony bar 
to hang out with everybody for the OG uh, event. So this is your first beer week uh, since since the new brewery opened in Sunnyside, right? Yes. Yep. And wh- what's it like here? You're the brewer. You 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 were brewing when it was just Alewife Brew Pub. Now you've got a big brewery. Yeah, it's exciting to make bigger batches these days than the little one barrel system. We're uh, twenty barrel fermenters, forty barrel fermenters. And it was great to uh, kick both our beers that we brought along to uh, the opening bash. Um, yeah, people were really excited by the opening bash. It was a really good one. A lot of great breweries from New York City and uh, a lot of good friends from out- outside of the city that everybody invited. Um, yeah, a lot of lot of great beers to be had. That uh, that was that was a great great value for money ticket. That was. Kieran, g- give us a tell us a couple of the beers that you had at Open and Bash that you'd recommend to others? Because this is a good show to, to, to drop a number of, of beers on people. Oh, yeah. Well, uh, one of my top ones was uh, actually it was our, it was our partner, Brewery Return Brewing. They had a brew, uh, beer called Satin Jacket. It's a Czech dark lager. Um, also, um, our, our friends over uh, a, new, a new brewery, our new friends, Human Robot, had really some like, traditional Czech uh, it, uh, loggers and uh, their beers were really fantastic. First time I had them, but uh, looking forward to staying friends with them. Uh, also, uh, what else did I have that was real good? Um, uh, two villains who we actually recently done a collab with had some really, really nice IPAs uh, with them this time. Do you think that the Czech loggers is, is a new trend? I mean, I, I love Czech style loggers. Uh, yeah, I think, you know, People are trying to brew more traditional things, but also it's like it, Czech lager could be your new session IPA because it's like it's very low ABV. You know, I think the uh, the guidelines for it is something like three five to four two. Don't quote me on that, but like we just made one at like about four percent, and uh, it could be your new session session IPA where people just kind of want something smaller and really pretty crisp and refreshing. So yeah, Czech lagers for the win. That's great. Hey, um, Ann, so tell us a little more about opening Bash. You know, we're, what were some of the highlights? I know you had a, a number of, of out-of-town out guest breweries. Yeah, so we had uh, about 38, 39 uh, New York City breweries and about uh, 31 guest breweries. Um, and we were also able to offer non-beer options as well. Uh, Limon, um, which is some guys who used to be at Six Point, um, Queensy, they are based in Queens. And then we also had June Shine um, as some non-beer options, but literally our guests came from all over, all across the country. Oh, that's great. What, what do you want to tell us? Because I know you have to leave early. What, what's your vision now for the New York City Brewers Guild and Beer Week and, and where's it going? I mean, you came through two rough years. Everyone's, you know, who survived, survived. Um, what, what's on the top of the list uh, this year? Yeah, um, more awareness. Um, you know, for a long time, Jimmy, you know this um, from, you know, restaurants that you've had here in the city. A lot of people have been uh, interested in where their food comes from. Um, we'd like them to also be as interested in where, where their beer comes from. You know, having supporting local breweries that make beer within the five boroughs. That's, you know, one of the main uh, tenants of the New York City Brewers Guild is promoting that. And the fact that our breweries can t- contribute in multiple ways to our New York City economy. Um, you know, with jobs as well, you know, at the brewery, as well as um, with our local restaurants and bars. Um, Just, you know, getting people aware of New York City beer, um, you know, 
Philly Beer Week is huge. San Diego Beer Week is huge. New York City makes the best beer. We should have a massive beer week like those two cities do. All right. Well, it's great that you're on the case because you 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 for long have been working hard for this job, and um, you know you're doing a great job. Is there a beer that you want to give Thank a you. shout out to? I know I know they're all your babies, but <laughs> I can't play favorites. But I do have to say I was thrilled to see. This year's opening bash um, beer list, like um, the beer styles, it was easily, I want to say, 40% lagers. And that was a nice change of pace. Oh, that's great. So let's go around the room, too. So uh, one of our good buddies, Dave Lopez from Gun Hill, I'm just introducing you for you. So how's how's everything, man? How's beer week? How, how's, how was opening bash? Opening bash was was great. Uh, Ann did a great job uh, sort of on a – she was thrown into the fire on on this one. And she did a really, she did a really, really good job. And we, she did a lot of uh, thinking on her feet during the event in and of itself, because we had a few, a few crazy situations at, at the event that we had to uh, pivot on, but it, it was, it was really good. It was great to see so many people and people that, you know, some of us hadn't seen in, in over two years. So opening bash was, was really, really great. So wait, so this, was this the first event at, at this space in the Brooklyn Navy Yard? Yes. Yeah, we we did uh, Blocktoberfest in a different spot in the Brooklyn Navy Yard, but this was the first. I think this was the one of the first alcohol events at this space, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. And then wh- when did you guys know that you'd be able to do an indoor event? Or as Anne was mentioning, well, we the board, the the Brewers Guild board, we had been talking about this for a while, and we kind of made the decision in January that we were just going to push ahead with it sort of no matter what at that point uh when even when things were were looking bad because we just figured that based on what we were seeing in other parts of the country or the world i should say with omicron that we we figured we'd be okay by now so really i'd say like around the second week of january we went full court press on on this event and you were happy dave uh, I'm still waiting for for a few of the final numbers to come in, so I can't tell you for sure. I'm I'm waiting for a bunch of beer invoices from from some of the uh, out of state breweries and and even some of the local guys. So I don't know for sure, but it's better. I think it's put it this way. I'm a lot happier than I was than it looked like I was going to be two weeks ago. <laughs> and Dave, I just want to say you're going to be on for the whole the whole show. So we're going to talk more with you. Um, we've known you since you opened Gun Hill quite a few years ago so thanks for coming on and then um so uh biscuits and beers christopher ganzi daleview biscuits and beers so great to have you back chris yeah so tell tell us about your beer week and uh what are you doing are you doing some kind of stout sunday school or oh jimmy i have i have to interrupt you he's also the uh the new president of the brewers guild chris ganzi well congratulations I, i thought there was a new polish with your organization <laughs> so somebody knows how to cook biscuits <laughs> <laughs> that's right <laughs> um yeah just past sunday we had a sunday school when that was with um cakes and cakes um they actually sponsored that and yesterday we did a um a small pairing with the beers on tap um as our opening first part of the opening week of beer week um opening batch was amazing it was it was great to see all these beers in one place once again um it was, it was so it was so much so many good beers out there i can't even remember where, where i stopped at so it's, it's hard to rank and it's also hard to remember so i'm gonna say my favorite beers were the beers we were pouring so um it's you know it's important to be a leader in your community um 
who made you become the president of the Brewers Guild? Was it was it something that you you were forced on you, or you decided that you were ready for it? You know, I think you never you never ready for anything. Um, so I was nominated. So <laughs> I'm here. I'm doing it. it. Well, I'll start doing it officially this month. Um, so I'm here, ready to go, and and ready for the experience. Yeah. So what, what's going on at Daleview? Um, I know you've got, how long have you had Flint as, as your brewer? Flint has been here going on about nine months now. Oh, that's great. And, and where are you guys going with your beer? Because are you making more beer? You know, I, I, I know that you've got quite a following. Yeah, we're, we're making a lot more beer. Um, just trying to make sure we keep up with in-house. Um, we have diversified our tap lists. Um, we are not pale ale heavy anymore like we have a couple of ipas um some scott some some wee heavies some belgian styles we we um we, we spread the spectrum on beer styles so make sure that we're bringing that beer to the community that the introduction to the beer to the community so to make sure we have some more craft drinkers in um in south south brooklyn that's great well chris you're gonna stay with us for the whole show too so we're, we're gonna talk to you more and um Camille from 18th Ward, uh, tell us a little bit about, about your beer week with 18th Ward Brewing. So, uh, yeah, uh, we started with, um, we actually had DBA on Friday, so we kind of started the day before uh, opening bash. Um, we were there, then we went over to the bottle chair over at Finback. That that was awesome. It was a good time. We got to see a lot of industry folk, which I think is mostly what everybody got from opening bash, just having everybody in the same room again after so long and uh you know being able to try what everybody's been doing for the last couple of years yeah well you guys have a full lineup i, I saw you've got events with kcbc you're going to be at the pony bar tonight um or is that one of your your jobs is coordinating all these events yeah as uh you know the head of sales for them uh it was my job to kind of blow it out of the water this year because uh it's, it's kind of our first one uh since we've been distributing uh, in distribution and stuff. So, uh, yeah, I worked out, you know, uh, with good friends in the industry with, uh, the people at KCBC. I got something with, uh, taking Lantern and a bunch of other breweries tonight as well. Uh, we're at Fool's Gold. And then, um, we finished off the week with Fifth Hammer with a little upstate downstate battle. Oh, that's great. But I'm um, back to Ann. So Ann, I know you have to take off early. Um, what 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 are we not talking about? What 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 are the big story of Beer Week? Ooh, big story of Beer Week. Honestly, I think the big story of Beer Week is that it's back. <laughs> um, you know, it was a. It's been really really rough. Uh, twenty four months, and I feel like we can't say that enough. Um, you know, luckily we um didn't lose more than one of our members to the pandemic. However, everyone has been struggling. And what, as Jimmy, you know, being in this business as many years as you have been, that typically Thanksgiving through New Year's is one of the busiest times of the year. And that was when Omicron was raging here in the city and places maybe they didn't uh, officially shut down, but they certainly didn't have the business anywhere close to slow time of year, never mind what should be their busiest time of year. So I think everybody's excited to be back out there and, you know, promoting um, events and supporting all the places that support craft beer, um, be that, you know, your local restaurant, bar, beer shop, um, as well as our tap rooms. Yeah. 
I know I, when so much of this craft beer revolution in New York started between 2012 and 2014, we know that the the former governor really got behind it. Um, now that you're you know you're kind of in there as the New York City Brewers Guild person, um, are, who are you looking to in, in city and state government for support? Because obviously everyone knows that craft beer is an important part of not just New York State but New York City. Yeah, um, you know I do work in tandem with our state guild a lot, and I've also had the opportunity to get to know other guild leaders throughout the country. But more locally, um, this has absolutely shown us as a guild, a board, and myself um, in this role that we need to have more consistent, open relationships with our you know, mayor's office, as well as um, the New York Hospitality Alliance, just opening those kinds of relationships up to um, you know, have, have more open and regular communication so we can all help each other out. Yeah. And then, D Dave... Just tell us your, your arc, because I know it's pretty much since you opened Gun Hill, you've been very active in, in the Brewers Guild and Beer Week. Yeah, so I, mean, I don't know how many years now that I've been the, the treasurer of the guild. I think it's going on five years now, maybe. Um, so kind of when I took over as the treasurer, the finances of the guild were not in a great place. Um, and I think that we've collectively done a really good job over the last five plus years of, of putting ourselves in a really good place where we could, first of all, bring somebody on like Anne and, and pay someone to, to do that role. And then also allow ourselves the flexibility to offer our members a, a whole bunch of different um, programs and which is something that we're building up this year uh, more so than, I mean, we've sort of been unable to do that the last two years, but we have the funds necessary to to do that so that that's something that we've really made a big push on over the the last five five years or so Dave, is, is there a, a beer week beer like i know for a number of years you guys were doing smash beer uh so th this year the for us um, we actually released an imperial stout um it's really really limited because most of it is going into uh bourbon barrels for for next year but um we we released an imperial stout called comes the night um so we we only have a few kegs of that that are out there but that was our our beer for beer week this year that's great hey well let's welcome uh, our beer bar friend dan mclaughlin of there he is. dan join us hey folks can you guys hear me okay yeah man so you're hosting the og craft beer night four thanks to pat fondler yes we are pat took care of all of the heavy lifting on this event and i'm eternally grateful for it um yeah, tonight we've got uh, a lot of breweries. You know, it started with Alewife and um, Rare Form and Thin Man, and it sort of took off from there. Interboro's going to be here. KCBC is going to be here. Uh, I only have 15 draft lines, and I wound up with like 23 kegs. So I think we're going to have some <laughs> leftover, some leftover stuff. So, we got some drinking. <laughs> so yeah, but listen, it'll, it'll go quickly. It always does, you know. Yeah. Well, Dan, do you, you know you're one of the the OG. Uh, craft beer and and good beer seal guys um i'm really glad you're still standing and, and you're you're doing what you do um how's beer week working out for you this seems like a great event to be it's, tonight it's going to be a great great event and i'm like i said i'm eternally grateful for pat from alwife for, for taking care of all the heavy lifting i like to think that every week at the pony bar is craft beer week because it is but uh this is one. This is really the only event we're doing, you know. Um, 
for many years, we would only pour beer brewed in New York State. And then for a few years, we only poured beer brewed in New York City. Um, you know, we're still American only. We're still no imports. Um, we have cans now. We've added that a number of years ago. Um, you know, without, you know, you, you mentioned that we're still standing. Without the, the generosity of my landlord, who was very generous with concessions during the pandemic, we, we wouldn't be here. We have very generous customers and I have a great staff. My entire staff came back. But really, we were very, we're very fortunate to be here. We really are. You know, I know a lot of, a lot of people are not. So, well, thanks for joining us, Pat. Just tell us about the OG Craft Beer Night because this is your fourth, fourth time doing it. Yeah, yeah. We we started several years ago before the pandemic. I've always done it at the gate in Brooklyn because you know that's kind of my home base. Uh, I reached out to Bobby earlier this year and asked him if he he was interested in doing it again and he was really not comfortable uh having a bunch of people there because of the omicron thing which i totally understand and then we started talking about places where we could have uh uh have the party outside of the gate and dan came up because we both worked with him in the past at some of the other places and and dan's like as og as it gets (laughs) so pat T- t- tell us your creds, man. Tell us where you used to work at the gate. Tell us about that and what you're doing, what you've been doing with Alewife. Uh, I was at the gate for years. I left there. I went to work for Smutty Nose for a while. I went to work with Jeremy at Hebrew for a minute. And then I uh, came on board as, as a partner with Alewife doing sales and marketing um, starting about four years ago. But obviously the challenges have been great with uh, trying to get open trying to get a CFO to open a bar, COVID, DME going out of business, all sorts of things. But uh, we're still standing. And, uh, I, you know, this beer week has been so great. Um, some of the events that I've been to already, we did that pin brawl at, uh, at Solid State in Queens, and then we were out at Finback on Friday night, opening bash, and then an after party at Alewife on Saturday. And I'm really stoked for this thing at the Pony Bar tonight because I think it's going to be like the kickoff to uh, to a new era, a new dawn. <laughs> in new York City. Well, I say one more thing. So back when you were at the gate, um, what was the craft beer scene like then? You know, it seemed like get, the gate was one of these core places that that always had good good drafts before yeah. anyone else did. At the beginning, obviously, there wasn't like. You know, try, I'm thinking about when Bobby first opened the place. There weren't there weren't a lot of craft beers around. I mean, you had you had like a handful of them. You had Brooklyn, I think Sierra was in town, New Amsterdam. Uh, which I don't even know if that's around anymore. I think Garrett was working with them at the time. Uh, and then in like 2003, you had a whole bunch of brands from the West Coast come, like Stone, Lagunitas. Smutty Nose came out of New Hampshire. I worked for them for years, uh, you know. And then after that, like the just bunch of like a wave of those like kind of legacy craft brands. And then, and then you fast forward, and then you know the uh, the the kind of newfangled like uh, upstart uh, microbrews started. Your other halves and that kind of thing. And now here we are. And then. And for Pat, for you guys at Alewife, so, you know, Alewife was, it was the brew pub in Long Island City. 
And what at what point did did you guys decide to open the brewery in Sunnyside? And and what scope is it? I have never even got a chance to talk to you guys about it. Well, it's Al Wife is really the vision of Pat Doniger, who obviously who was the uh, founder of like Fool's Gold, uh, the Jeffrey. Uh, the Rochard on the Upper East Side, and then and then he had Alewife in uh, in uh, Long Island City, which he he purchased from uh, Dan Lanigan from Lord Hobo when Dan was trying to get capital to start up Lord Hobo, and Patrick wanted the name of the bar, and originally was thinking about putting the brewery in that space that you might know on Fifty First Avenue, but structural engineering tests proved that it that uh, it wouldn't hold the tank, so. He started looking for another place. He brought Kier on board as the brewer. Kier was at a six point. Did some uh, distillation work with Widow Jane, um, and then I and then I just ran into him one day in the bar, and he told me he was looking for a salesperson, and I said I wanted to do it, and he was like, "That's it, you're hired." <laughs> I didn't interview with him. Uh, so you know, it, the, it's really the brainchild of Pat and. Um, you know, here we are, four years later. All right. Pat, where was your last interview at? Do you remember? My last interview? Yeah, where was the last place you ever interviewed for a job? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Didn't you get hired at know. Smutty at the Pony Bar? I did, yeah, actually. Yeah, I did my interview with Kevin and Peter at the Pony Bar on the east side. On the, on, yeah, yeah, because on the west side. Before you showed up, they asked me about you, what I knew about you. Yeah, I bet. I, 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 my my main memory of that interview is they asked me if I wanted a beer when I first got there. Yep. And uh, I had been at I had been at the Blind Tiger all day at the uh, like uh, Rogue used to do an oyster fest, and I was drinking like ten percent beers all day when I got to the interview with those guys. So I was like, no, I'm going to hold off and drink some water, which they thought was weird. <laughs> yeah. But the whole time you you had like a three Floyd's keg that you bootlegged. We did, yeah. And I was like looking at it the whole time. And then, and then finally I was like, you know what, man, I'll have one of those. <laughs> well, Dan, Dan, you you have must have so many great memories, man. A lot of, a lot of memories, a lot, a lot of great stories. A lot of, a lot of people met here. A lot of people have met their significant other here, which is great. A lot of people have gotten engaged here or have gotten married that met here. Um, people used to just meet here. Like somebody would see somebody that caught their eye and they go say hello to that person. Now it's different. Now you swipe and then you show up. And I see it firsthand. It's not like it used to be where somebody caught your eye and went and talked to them. I don't know if you do that anymore or not. Um, a lot of Tinder dates take place here. Um, you know, so, yeah. Well, Dan, you got to you got to get back out there because obviously you're you're stale right now. I don't know. <laughs> Let me get these other guys in. Let's get back to Chris. So, Chris, Daleview biscuits and beer. So, um, Chris, just tell us like some of the beers that you have on right now. You, you said that you've you're moving on from just pale ales. Um, I I found the way the way when Daleview opened up, you really captured you know, this great market share of biscuits and beer. Um, is it going the way you want it to? You know, actually through that business plan out after I opened the business and I realized it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. It's actually, it's, it's, it's still good, but it wasn't 
this ain't what the pattern I thought was going to be. Um, some of the beers that we have on tap, we have a couple of um, um, Belgian style beers. We have a, a Dubal. Um, we have a, a strong, a strong um, golden. <clears throat> we have actually a lager, one of our first lagers. We actually figured out how to lager in our in our basement brewery. Um, yeah, so and we have a a, a hazy a hazy pale. We have a New England IPA on tap. So we have, like I said, we have the gamut of beers thus far on our menu. Yeah. And tell us about your involvement with the, the Brewers Guild. I mean, were, did the monthly meetings continue? Just let our listeners know, like, what, you know, what, what does the Brewers Guild do on, on a regular basis? And how important it is for you guys as brewers to be p- part of it? I think that the biggest part, the biggest reason to be part of it is the camaraderie and seeing, seeing your, um, your peers in the industry on a, on a, on a monthly basis. Um, recently, we started back having in-person meetings. Um, before that, we were doing the in-person the meetings uh, via Google Meet. So, it, but it's it's so much better to actually meet people inside the industry, in person, and shake hands, drink a beer. Um, so we, we have had we have been having those monthly meetings on a uh, on a regular basis, even throughout throughout COVID, all through COVID, even to now we have been having our monthly meetings. Um, I think another reason of being part of it. Going to like that, really that connection, and and building that um, that family that family feel without without throughout the new new city brewers is amazing, you know. Because if you need something, you can call somebody in the, in the drop it down or send an email, and every majority of people will respond if they have it. If they don't, they won't respond. But it's like everyone's there for each other because everybody your success is the success of another brewery inside. Part of the guild, part of the city. Oh, you you have a great attitude. Hey, was there one beer at at uh, the opening bash? You got to tell us one beer that you really liked. Doesn't matter from who. I had a wild fermentation um, saison. I can't remember the name of the brewery, but I know Wild East brought them. They were they were guests of the Wild East, but that was one of my favorite. This wild fermentation uh, saison they had. Oh, cro- cro- crooked run fermentation. Yes, thank you. Yeah, from. Uh, I think it's Virginia. Yeah. PA. Different. Oh, yeah. Pennsylvania. Crooked run. Yeah. Well, wait, Chris. Hey, back to Dave. Dave, you mind giving us a little um, overview of, of Beer Week since, since you've been involved in it? Uh, uh, yeah. I mean, since since we've been involved with it, I mean, the first year that we were around, the, the opening bash was uh, in Vanderbilt Hall in, in Grand Central. And it's it's moved around. I mean, we've had it one year on a on a boat that that toured around the the East River. Um, we've done it a bunch of years at the Brooklyn Expo Center. And I think one of the the biggest changes that we've seen just in terms of opening bash is the expansion of the breweries that we've brought in from out of state, and then also the the sort of improvement of the beers that we've seen from in state. And there, like this year in particular, I think. There was a big swing back towards bring, having more and more breweries that were guest breweries that were actually coming from within New York State. I think more than I can remember at any point in the last uh, eight years, really, or, or I should say the last five years, which is when we started inviting these these breweries from from out of state for opening bash. Um, and I think you know one of the the main differences this year, just as we're as everything is slowly trying to get back to normal, is that 
the events seem to be a bit more muted than they had been in the past because I think everybody is just trying to be extra cautious still and both from the the retail side which I guess you know Dan just talked about that about how he's only doing one event this year um, which I, I think that that's something that going forward might make more sense for for us to, to, in order for us to get to where we can compete with a Philly or a San Diego beer week where we can have sort of individualized events that that can be focal points and really drive business to these these retail locations which I guess is the main point of beer week is to celebrate the both the the brands and the retail spots yeah no it's it's great that you talk about that because I feel like it's been going on since what 2008 was the first New York City Craft Beer Week, and um, it keeps evolving, which is the beauty of New York City. You know, New York City is always evolving, and there's always more players. Um, it's so great to have you, Dan. You're the host tonight. You got the OG Craft Beer event. Uh, explain to people what you're, who's going to be there, because some of these folk, like who's the guy that has a beer bar up in the Ruck up in Troy. And he played rugby. And when you see this guy, you get it that he played rugby. <laughs> yeah, the, the, the guy from Rare Form in the Rock. I've never met. Pat, you're friends with him? Yeah, his name is Dave Gardell. Yeah, I've never met him. Oh, you haven't. So you'll, I don't know if he's going to be there. But Pat, you tell us about him. Can we talk about New York OG beer guys? That bar is like one of the New York, like the New York OG bars. It's been around forever. Unfortunately, he's not going to make it today because his, uh, you know, dude. There's just I went to a funeral this morning. Not to turn on the heavy. One of Dave's best friends passed away. He's at his funeral today. And Chatzel called me earlier today. And Johnny Chow, who's his partner at Masuda Chow's up in Buffalo, his father passed away. So they're at his. So he's not going to make it down either. Unfortunately. Well, the first time you did you did the OG craft beer event, um, it was at the gate. It was a few years ago. And that's when I actually met Dave Cardell for the first time. Um, I think that was kind of the inspiration as you got together a lot of these o- older, not older, but people that had been in the industry a long time. Yeah, I mean, the, the original idea for, for the event was that, um, was that I, I, you know, I'm working with Patrick, who, who owned a bunch of beer bars, and... Uh, and then Mike Schatzel opened up Thin Man Brewery and he had a bunch of beer bars up in Buffalo. And Dave Gardell opened up uh, Rare Form Brewing Company and he had the original OG bar up in Troy. So really the event is a tribute to the original beer bars. And that's what it, that's what it started out of. Yeah, no, it, it's a really good event. And Dan, you're uh, in good company tonight. Um, thanks for hosting it. Absolutely. It's funny when you look around, you talk about OG. Every year it becomes more pronounced is that the Pony Bar predates all these breweries that we whose beer we sell, you know? Um, you look up on the board, it's Other Half, or it's Thin Man, or it's Alewife, or it's Gun Hill, or it's anybody. All these breweries, obviously, especially in New York City, with the exception of the now defunct Chelsea Brewing Company and Brooklyn Brewery, I think we predate every brewery in New York City, you know, because we've been around since 2009 we opened. And I think all these breweries that we're pouring have come more recently. Dan, you always you have a great story. Just I, tell us where you grew up and, and, and when you first started working in a bar. I grew up in Syracuse. I started bartending in college at Syracuse a uh, couple of years really busy place. Uh, I left both jobs to go open this newfangled thing called a brew pub 
and it was uh, a, the first brewery in Syracuse. It was called. This is 1994. It was Empire Brewing Company. And within a year of opening, we won our first GABF medal in 1995. I was the head bartender, bar manager, and the place was mayhem busy, mayhem busy. Um, I graduated college. They opened a second location in Rochester. They moved me there. Long story short, I met a girl. It happens. They were going to open a third location in Buffalo, and I was, and she was moving to New York City. She was going to get her MFA in modern dance at Tisch at NYU. I didn't know what an MFA was. I didn't know where Tisch was. I didn't know what modern dance was, but I said, look, I'll start at the car because I'm not going to Buffalo. And we moved to New York City, and that was 1997, and then I'm still here. <laughs> wow. But, and you, you worked at a lot of bars too, didn't you? I did. I worked at the Blind Tiger. Uh, one of the original owners of the Blind Tiger was a guy from my – a couple of years ahead of me in college, Brian Yossi, who's long since passed away, um, passed away in 2001. Um, so I had a, a great beer background from a, two separate GABF metal winning breweries. Went to the Blind Tiger. That was awesome. In 2000, I left to open Puck Fair. Uh, I ran Puck Fair for six years. I was the only American there for a long time. And then I left in 2006 to open Lansdowne Road, uh, which is now defunct, I think, in Hell's Kitchen. So, Yeah. Pony Bar 2009, and yeah, it's been a great run. And I remember when you opened Pony Bar, were you only selling New York State beers then? No, we were, we were American only. It's always been American only. American only. Well, man. American you're, only, no imports. You're a great resource, and I'm really got, got you on. Let's get Camilo in, because um, 18th Ward has a great story. Um, Camilo, tell us again. We, we, we had uh, 18th Ward on, I think, a year or two ago on the show. Just tell us again a little backstory on that. So uh, the two original founders, two owners are uh, Mike O'Brien and Jordan Beltner. Uh, they've been buddies for their whole life, essentially since middle school, best friends. They run uh, Northern Bell in Williamsburg. And in Greenpoint, they have Jimbo Slim's two craft beer bars, uh, great little bars with food. And they've always, you know, they kind of wanted to create a space within music. They're big fish fans, as I think most of the industry is. Um, <laughs> and yeah, they want, they they created the space right there in front of Brooklyn Steel in East Williamsburg. Um, little original idea was to be a little brew pub, and then you know we'll get things going slowly in distribution. But we all know what happened in 2020, so. <laughs> Uh, that kind of got moved up a little and um, we had Will Arnaz for a while, uh, took over the program there and definitely got the beers up to up to par. And now we just started with Sal, uh, who came on in January. That's great. And then so, so what's your role? Are, are you mostly doing sales? Yeah, so I'm the, um, I'm the sales. I started, I was all by myself last year, you know, trying to put the brand everywhere, put it in people's heads. Uh, and we did a pretty good job as, you know, 2021 was for everybody. And, uh, yeah, this, my job is just to make sure that everybody knows about 18th Ward, just create, you know, hit the streets, put the boots on, and make sure it's in every bodega and bar. Well, de definitely. Guys like you do all the work. Somebody was – it's like if, if, if you're in sales, you're really the, the mouthpiece of, of any business. Um, you know, who are some of the other 
breweries that, that you know that, that you have friends working at and uh, I, I know you're doing a lot of things for beer week so um i started working in the industry about a little bit over five years ago uh, i met a lot of uh, my colleagues at ski um we all kind of graduated to uh, a lot of local breweries a lot of you know a lot of suppliers came out of ski uh, and so i'm good friends with danny gonzalez over at kcbc um adam Fletcher over at Fifth Hammer, Pat at Wife, great DJ by the way. Um, uh, who else do I know? Uh, Matt from Keg and Lantern. Uh, yeah, they're, you know, five and a half years in beer, man. You get to share a lot of good beer with people. That's great. And tell us what what's one beer that you liked from Open and Bash? Because I'm trying to get a few more people to mention some beers. So obviously, Human Robot. That was something that I was really looking forward to. Really solid lagers. Um, there was a brewery called Black Project. Uh, I haven't had any other stuff. It was all like mixed firm, uh, like barrel eight sours and stuff like that. Um, it was very definitely like uh, eye opening. It was awesome. I was, you know, some I haven't, I haven't had a sour like that in a while. That you know definitely punches you in the face, gets the right oakiness to it. It's nice. Um, so them and then Steuben Brewing had some really, uh, some really interesting beers as well. That's great. We're big fans of student brewing from upstate. I know they try to use as many uh, much local ingredients as they can. Hey, we're going to take a short break. We'll be back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. This episode is brought to you by Roberta's, home of Heritage Radio Network for 10 years. Roberta's was founded in Bushwick in 2008 and has become one of the most iconic restaurants in the country. HRN made its home inside of Roberta's in 2009, and together they have become part of the DIY fabric of the neighborhood. Roberta's, the pizza restaurant, is open for lunch and dinner seven days a week and serves much more than just the famous wood-fired pizzas. Their team dreams up new salads, pastas, and sandwiches on the regular. Roberta's Tiki Bar is alive and well in the back garden, serving up frozen drinks in the summer and hot toddies in the winter. Stop by the bakery and takeout spot next door for fresh breads, sticky buns, and pizzas to go. And of course, there's the two Michelin-starred Blanca tucked away in the garden for truly daring diners. But Roberta's also extends beyond Bushwick, with multiple locations in New York City and now in Los Angeles. You can also find their frozen pies in grocery stores around the country. The spirit of Roberta's, like Heritage Radio Network, is everywhere. Here's to many more years of pizza-powered radio. Learn more about Roberta's at robertaspizza.com. Hey, 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 welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on Heritage Radio Network. Support us and become a member at heritageradionetwork.org. Gosh, it's so great to have New York City Beer Week back. Uh, we're doing a kind of on-the-fly snapshot of it uh, with a, a number of, of breweries and uh, beer bar folk. Um, so we got Dave Lopez here. Dave, uh, I feel like I, you kind of grew up in this job because <laughs> you, you, you started, you were a partner in Gun Hill, and um, I know you've got, you know, you, you've really become a leader in, in the guild um what 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 do we need to do like new york city beer has come so far um i don't know 
What's the future of, of New York City beer? You know, I, I've, I feel like I've said this for, for a few years, and I think it's still true, is that you go down, and this is just to harp back on beer weeks in other cities or just beer in general in other cities, you go visit those those places and you look at tap lists or, or uh, can lists or bottle lists at, at restaurants, and greater than 60% of what you see is from that area or that state you come here and i think we still see it in a lot of places and you don't see 60 percent or more from local um and i think that's where we need to just keep hammering that home to to all of our counterparts and also to the consumer too because it's partially because the the retail accounts are, are doing what the consumers want and so we need to we need to also remind people that now, unlike maybe eight years ago, New York City beer is a force to be reckoned with and is making some really, really high quality, um, high quality liquid. And we have people from all over the country, other breweries that they all want to come here and, and work with us and collab with us. And it's, uh, it's something that we should be celebrating here on a more regular basis. Yeah. Well, Dave, did you ever think that some New York City breweries would be opening outposts upstate? And you know, when when you go outside of the city, some New York City breweries are are the most hype hype beers in the region. Uh, yeah, I I definitely did not foresee that, um, but it's it's great that it's happening. Yeah, and I think it's something that will continue to happen actually. And and Dan, tonight for your OG Craft Beer Night at the Pony Bar, Upper East Side, what are a couple of the beers on tap? You just got to tell me some beers for this list. We have a beer on tonight from uh, KCBC that I'm excited to try. It's uh, what they're calling a New York State Hop Project. It's a West Coast-style IPA. We tapped it today. All these kegs went live today, so I haven't tried any of them yet. Um, I'm excited to try that one. We have uh, a blackberry and raspberry-fruited fooder-aged Saison from Alwife. I'm looking forward to trying that. Um, we have a beer from Thin Man called Minky Boodle. It's... I've seen it around. It's sour. I've never had it. It's a kettle sour of some sort with raspberries. Um, we have stuff tonight from 18th Ward. I've never had their beer. I'm looking forward to trying that. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm looking forward to trying a lot of things. I'm kind of, as I've aged, I can't drink as much as I used to. So, you know, I'll try as many as I can before I have to move to go home. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's good. Are you at, at the Pony right now? I am. I'm in my office with my children's artwork behind me here, you know, just on the board. I'm in the office. I'm in town for a couple of days, so I'm here, you know. Well, that's good. And Camille, uh, do you know what beer you have on at the Pony Bar tonight? Yeah. Um, tonight at the Pony Bar, we have, I'm just pulling it up right now, actually. Um, do you want me to tell you? You can tell me, Dan. 18th Ward, what? We have a an imperial pastry stout from them it's a 10 percent abv uh it's called decatur and the cut and the collar simply says decatur pastry stout yeah it's um it's so the guys also have a huge love for uh new orleans um so it's a beignet inspired uh imperial pastry stout it's got uh beignets slow vanilla and uh chicory coffee in it 10 percent wow. came out really nice that sounds great, Camille. Hey, Dan, back, just back, back to trends. So, you know, we've been seeing a lot of uh, Czech lagers, Czech doc lagers. Um, 
What what are some trends that that you have going through the pony bar? Not just tonight, but the the this last winter. Um, we you know we started doing a little bit more stuff with, with legacy brewers again. We bring in some more Sierra Nevada. We bring in a little bit more like stuff that we haven't poured in a long, long time, just out of curiosity to see if it would sell well. And it sells really well. The odd keg of Smarty Nose, the odd keg of Sierra Nevada, the odd keg of Otter Creek or Long Trail. These older legacy brewers that have been around for 20 or 30 years, uh, in the case of Sierra Nevada, 40 years. And it surprises me how well they sell. Um, I didn't think they would move that quickly when you have all this local stuff on, but they've sold a lot. We sell an awful lot of IPAs. You know, um, we have 15 draft lines. We always have at least three or four or five IPAs on it because that's what sells the fastest. Um, I know there's been a massive, massive push for lagers. Every time I read a beer article, it's about everyone's love of lagers. We have lagers on and they don't really sell that well. You know, they sort of linger. Maybe in the warmer months, they might sell a little faster, but Dark loggers, Czech loggers, so on and so forth. Um, well, definitely, people definitely drink differently at a pub or a beer bar than they do at home, don't they? Sometimes, yeah. We're on the Upper East Side, so we I think sometimes people play it a little close to the vest. You know, um, we sell an awful lot of IPAs. <laughs> they just they sell really quickly. You know, our pilsners, our ciders, our wheats, and our IPAs are what fly out the door every day. The other styles, the strong ales, the Czech lagers, the dark lagers, the saisons, anything outside the box doesn't move as quickly, you know? I don't know. I, I, I think a lot of that might have to do with our neighborhood more than anything, but I don't know. Dan, were you closed during the pandemic? We closed three times. We closed from March 16th of 2020 till June of 2020. We reopened. We closed again mid-December of 2020, reopened in March of 2021, and then we closed again for a week or so around Christmas of this year. Yeah, we closed a few times. Well, man, I'm glad, I'm glad you're open and I'm glad you're hosting. Eternally grateful that for my staff that came, everybody came, everybody that wanted to come back came back, and I'm really fortunate. I'm really fortunate that, you know, I've got great people and they all want to be here. Well, man, th thanks for coming on. Um, Chris Ganzi the soon-to-be new the president of the New York City Brewers Guild and Dillview Biscuits and Beer. Um, you got the final word, my friend. New president. <laughs> uh, biscuits and Beer. I mean, I think that's when we first had you on the show. Yes. The greatest idea ever. Um, are you making more, more biscuits than ever? How is the food component? Has it changed in, in your place? Now, the food... Uh, the food component has been the strongest part of the business for, the, for, for a while. It's been, it's been what sustain, has been sustaining us. Um, but, yeah, it's strong. But people are starting to know our beer. So the beer is starting to pick up as well. So the true name is coming to, coming to its own. So it really is biscuits and beer. Yeah. And then for our listeners, so when you brought on Flint, tell us about Flint, you know, and, and you know, when you made a decision to bring on a brewer. I think you weren't you the brewer before? Yes, I was. So Flint came in July of of 2021. <clears throat> Throughout the whole of 2021, he was coming through and helping out here and there uh, with a couple of brews. But it, came, it just got to a point where I didn't have time or the bandwidth to brew on a regular basis. 
Uh, we ended up falling behind in beer because I wasn't brewing on a regular basis. So Flint was at Randolph, uh, Randolph on Williamsburg, and they decided to um, get rid of their get rid of their um, their program, their brew program at, at Randolph. So that was a perfect opportunity for him to come work work at Delview. Wow, that's great! I'm looking forward to seeing you grow, and um, really looking forward to seeing this next year with you as president of the New York City Brewers Guild and with Ann Riley as a as a director. I I feel like you guys are going to really make an impact this year and now that everything's opening up. So congratulations. And Dave, thank you. Uh, you're, you're a good friend and beer to me. Um, you've always, uh, you seem to have the right understanding of, of things in the market and what's needed. And uh, we talked many times over the years about, about New York city beer week. So thanks for coming on again. I appreciate that, Jimmy. Just give us a little uh, snapshot of, of Gun Hill right now, because I can't quite keep track of who's expanded and who has more than one location. We So we actually, during COVID, um, we didn't have a landlord that was as uh, as flexible as, as Dan's at the Pony Bar. So we actually we had a, a, a spot in the South Bronx that we had to close because our landlord wouldn't really help us out at all. So right now, we just have the the one spot, the the brewery. Um, but my, my partner, Kieran, um, opened a spot up at the old sloop location up in Elizaville. Um, and it, we're brewing the beer right now for them, but it's, uh, it's called Vosberg Brewing Company. Um, so, and they, they have their own beers that we're making for them. And then they, they carry Gunhill beers and, and some local ciders. Uh, so that's, that's sort of the, the, the current state of, of Gunhill. Um, we, we've tried to keep during the, the last, uh, the last 18 months, two years, we've tried to keep as much beer really as close to home as possible because it just, it just makes things easier. And, and given how crazy everything has been, it's been a lot easier to control, um, control the product better that way. It's great, man. Listen, thanks to everyone for joining me. Thanks to Armin, our engineer, who's going to clean this up. This is the most guests we've had on on a remote show in quite a while. So thanks everybody. Thanks to Ann, Camille, Chris, Pat and Kier, Dave and Dan McLaughlin of the Pony Bar, the OG craft beer guy uh, for joining us. New York City Beer Week Snapshot Show. So thanks so much. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Uh, support us at Heritage Radio Network. And we'll catch you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Woo! Beer Sessions Radio is powered by Simplecast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritageradionetwork. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening.